Welcome to this special edition of the EH podcast. This is my final episode for some time. So what I'm going to do today is tell you the story of how this all came about, what the challenges have been, what the biggest wins have been, then also what I've learned about podcasting along this journey and in general about entrepreneurship. So hope you enjoy this show and take care. So I believe that this is going to be just short of 100 episodes. I was thinking about breaking this into multiple episodes just to hit that 100 number. But at the end of the day, it's not about that, right? So the Entrepreneur's Handbook podcast, EH podcast, started in November 2021. And it's now the 2nd of January when I'm recording this in 2024. So we've had a good long run here. And there's so much I've learned along that way. But how did I get to be interviewing people who have $100 million with their companies every week as somebody who's just I'm pretty normal? I don't know if you've gathered that, right? So it all started from a New Year's resolution, this time about four years ago, of starting to write online. I started writing on medium.com. To cut things short, I blew up on medium. Within six months, I became one of the editors of Entrepreneur's Handbook on Medium. So we're rebranding to Entrepreneurship Handbook. So that announcement's either happened or coming out soon. So what I was then able to do is then edit all of these articles from entrepreneurs all across the world. And suddenly I have access, right? So massive, massive thank you to Dave Schools, who's the guy behind Entrepreneurs Handbook, who created all of this and brought me on board and trusted me as somebody who was fairly new. Big thank you to Michael Thompson, who was the one who brought me on board. And he used to help out with the handbook too. And for a while, we were working together before he then moved on. He didn't move on in a bad way, so he had his other things going on. And then we also had Stephen Moore join the team too, who's also been a massive help and a great companion on this journey. So I got brought on in June 2021 to do this, to June 2020 even. And within a year, I was then able to quit my job, both for income from what I'm doing today, with Entrepreneur's Handbook, and also from the writing. And at this point, the podcast didn't exist yet. It was all about writing. I then started my own podcast called Mindful and Driven. Dave loved what I was doing there, and he entrusted me to create this podcast for EH as well. And we were able to start off with some of the people who've been writing for the publication and quickly sped up from there, right? So from those early days, I think the very first guest, the very first few episodes, actually, Dave was the host himself. I think the first episode was with, that I did was with Dave himself. So I was interviewing Dave about his journey with Hopin. And then from there, it just continued and continued. So it was one episode a week. Then that continued until earlier in 2023 when I took a bit of a break then. And we'll talk about why the challenges and why that happened later on. But it's just been an incredible journey. So that's how this all came about. And now as we approach the episode, there's lots of other things I'm doing with different persons when I started this and grown a lot in confidence, grown a lot. So I'm just sitting here talking to a camera in a room by myself, which is weird as hell and would have been crazy to me when I started this. Whereas now it's just normal. I do this all the time. I'm very relaxed and hopefully that comes across. So that's what's happened with it. If you don't want some of the challenges along that way, right? So 
a lot of people think about starting a podcast. Maybe some of you have got New Year's resolution to do one. And it's way more pain than you think it's going to be. So go into eyes wide open. So I'll get into all the good bits later on. But if we start with some of the challenges, we have cancellations all the time. And that was one of the big things that just disrupts my schedule. So if somebody, the caliber of people we're interviewing, right? If, they're, if they've got thousands of employees and something goes wrong with their company, they can't be like, oh, sorry, you guys deal with it. I'm going to go and do a podcast. So that's a huge element of things. And the higher caliber people you're interacting with, the more likely that's going to happen. But I say that, on the other hand, if somebody's got a day job where they're not able to break out of things, you've got to use up your evening time. And that's really difficult to manage as well. So that cancellation side has been a real challenge with this kind of level of episode where you're dealing with such amazing entrepreneurs all the time. The time difference was a huge struggle for me. So you may gather from my accent, I'm London-based, so I'm in the UK. And so many of the podcast guests are West Coast. I have to do the little um, jingle in my head there. So they're eight hours behind me. What that means is I almost never would be able to interview people during my normal working day. And that meant I was having to make myself available in the evenings, right? And as much as I love being able to chat to these people, it then impacts my social life quite heavily, right? If, I'm, if I have to keep evenings free in cases of podcast booking, or somebody invites me out with somebody's birthday and I've got a podcast, it disrupts that, right? It's a sacrifice. And during the pandemic, it was easy to make that sacrifice because you couldn't really go out things are less social. Once it came out of the pandemic, it became way more difficult. And that challenge of my time became a bigger problem, right? Of if I need to, I was, what I was doing is leaving Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday open for people to book me. But often what would happen is, let's say somebody booked me on a Monday night, I could have met a friend for dinner, but then I didn't because I had the booking and that person cancels last minute. So that was very disruptive. Another massive problem with our virtual podcasts like this is internet issues, right? So you will even notice that the podcast, either the guest has an internet issue, I have an internet issue. And it affects your experience as a watcher and it affects my experience when I'm hosting it because if they keep breaking up, I can't fully tell what they're saying. So sometimes you in the episodes, I'm actually, I have no idea what they've just said. I can see they've paused. So I'll ask another question without really knowing the context. And that's one of the challenges of when you're dealing with this kind of thing, that technical push is always going to be there. And another big thing that comes across doing a podcast like this is the majority of the people who are applying to come on are actually people you don't want to get on. So you get a lot of spam, a lot of people who are snake oil salesmen who email me or who DM me. And that's one of the big challenges whenever you host a podcast like this is a lot of people want to come on for the wrong reasons. We want the people to generally show what they're capable of and to spotlight that real intramural journey, whereas many people want to come on when they've just started, which is more about marketing them rather than helping the listeners. And our focus has always been on helping the listeners. So away from that negativity now, let's go on to the wins, right? So hosting this podcast has changed my life fundamentally. The access to people I've had has just been incredible. Massive, massive thank you again to Dave Schools for entrusting me to do this. Like who'd have thought that I'd never have thought I would ever be capable of this, right? So you even will hear it sometimes in my voice that I wasn't a confident speaker growing up. I mumbled a lot. I used a lot of slang. So to have a podcast where however many hundreds of thousands of people have listened to, even millions, 
it's just blows my mind, right? So to have that opportunity is life-changing. And imagine of these always episodes that people I've talked to, if I had to pay for one hour of coaching from all of those people, how much would I have had to pay? A lot of money, right? So I get to do all of that for free because I was able to offer them something in return, which was getting their word out there, getting their message out there, sharing their story. And one of the greatest things that people don't realize too is the podcast episode recording is one thing. What happens off camera is the best moment, right? Because say some of the top people like Ev Williams, Mark Randolph, Greg Jackson, these billion dollar founders, they would talk to me for an hour after we finished recording and they want to know about my life. And to get like, I don't even know how to put that into words, to have that opportunity and to have those kind of people validate me and to encourage me, right? Because I didn't think I belonged in this world. I never, it's, it's just a weird environment, right? So that has been life-changing and to have those kind of people on the podcast and be able to talk to them is mind-blowing. And then to also have those loyal listeners who listen every week, the people who add me, all that kind of stuff, people reach out to me just to say they love what's going on. I, it's, it's just very surreal. So I never came into this for the fame and for the glory. And if I did come into it, I'd have been sadly disappointed. But it's just been amazing just to hear like people who've, got value out of what we're doing and people who are better entrepreneurs and feel less lonely because of it. So I can't thank everybody involved enough, all of the guests for coming on, Dave for giving me the opportunity and so many more people who've been involved in this throughout that journey. People have made introductions to podcast guests as well, for example. And my confidence has grown massively throughout this process where now what I've learned about every single podcast guest has been on this podcast, every single one of them eats sleeps and they go to the bathroom so i didn't swear there because i know that dave doesn't like swearing but it's true right there is nobody on this earth who's got to this level who's suddenly worked out how to make everything they do smell like roses right so when you can appreciate that and when you talk to people of this caliber all the time it made me realize just how much that one, I've got a lot to learn from them. Also that they're humans too. They've got their own faults. They've got their own flaws. They've got their own insecurities. And it made me feel less like putting them on a pedestal. I can relate to them better. And there's so much that I've learned from that as well. And now I think many of you are going to be interested in is the advice for people who want to start their own podcast. So this has been a huge journey. So now I've, I've now recorded over 250 podcasts. So it's about 100 for Entrepreneur's Handbook. There's 60-ish for Mindpoint Driven and then 100 for the Bay HQ. So that's nuts, right? And I've done all of that in two and a half years. Two and a half years? Yeah, two and a half years, 250 episodes. So obviously there's a few things I've learned from that. And let's start with the obvious one, right? So you want to start a podcast how do you get started? Just start. Do you know how many people? I reckon I've had at least a few hundred people who message me being like, oh, I'm talking about starting a podcast. Can we jump on a call? No, you cannot jump on a call. Because the famous stat is that most podcasters don't get past 10 episodes. So a way to any podcaster's time to try and help somebody at the beginning who you don't know. And the most important thing for anybody getting started 
it should just get started. Get to that 10 episode mark, right? Because once you've got to 10 episodes, you're now above 90% of other podcasters. And that proves to me, and proves to any other podcaster, that you actually have got something, right? And what many people realize too is that they like the idea of hosting a podcast, but the actual work is a lot more than that. So my biggest advice and number one takeaway for anybody listening on Start a Podcast, just start, interview your mates, get to 10 episodes. Once you've got to 10 episodes, then start thinking grander visions or anything like that. And also you can record 10 episodes without releasing them or without publicizing them, right? So that's number one piece of advice. Just get to 10 episodes. Forget about the name of the podcast. You can change the name of the podcast afterwards. You can change the artwork afterwards. You can change the branding afterwards. Get to 10 episodes because you might find that you don't enjoy it because it's a challenge. You are going to have to get used to listening to your own voice or you're going to have to have enough money to pay somebody else to edit it. And that's not easy, right? If it is a case of where you want to get paid and well, you want to pay somebody to help you, I'm happy to do that. But a big thing I think the takeaway is like, don't go at somebody that's like, I want to start a podcast, help me for free. Because it's just not going to work. And there's so many people asking the same thing. You've got to work out what's your style, what makes you stand out, and then really one with that. And sometimes you need to just record a bunch of episodes just to work that out. So everybody wants to start a podcast. Everybody wants to be famous, but not everybody's willing to do the work. If you're willing to do that work, you're going to make a huge difference. And that's how you're actually going to succeed, right? So if you go back to my first 10 episodes, I sucked. To be honest, I don't know how good I am now. But those first 10 episodes was me learning. I just had to start. I just had to get going because you can overthink it so easily. Then, okay, so that's my biggest piece of advice, like I said. Now, how to get guests. Another big problem for many people when they start is they try to aim too high at the beginning. If you've already got a personal brand, let's say you've got 100,000 people on LinkedIn, you can get guests easily, anybody you want. If you're just starting and you're just a side hustle and it's just for fun, you can't expect people who are CEOs of companies to give their time to you, right? So this first early guest, do people you know, ask them for warm instructions to other people and hustle, right? Like get, get out there, like use your, use your connections, make friends, go to events. It's so overlooked. If you just go to events, you're going to meet people in your target audience. And if you keep turning up, they're going to have more faith in you than if you just keep spamming them on LinkedIn. So that's a really important thing. And the other thing is if you are going to do cold outreach, then think about how do you make it attractive to people. So with Entrepreneur's Handbook, EH Podcast, by the time we started, we had some leverage. We already had a newsletter list, which was significant. So I could email these people and say, look, we've had these people on before who were writers for EH. And then I was able to say, we're able to send this episode to this many thousand people. And that could attract people, right? If you don't have that leverage, what you've got to do is build that leverage, right? So now my one-liner to people, if they want to come on the podcast, or if I want them to come on the podcast, sorry, is to say, hey, would you like to come on the podcast? I've interviewed over 250 people, including the founders of Netflix and Twitter. One line. One line. You need that killer one line. Let's say your podcast is about health tech. You can say, I'm a health tech founder who's backed by this much, whatever like that, and this. You can say, Whatever it is, you've got to have something which makes you stand out because if you're appealing to people's altruism, they have so many demands of their time 
And it's what I've realized as I got further wrong is that when people ask me to come on their podcast too, it's just not very well thought out. So you're talking about one credibility and two relevance, right? So for entrepreneurs, for EH podcast, we've got an audience of entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs. And my credibility is 250 episodes. So if you're a B2B SaaS platform and or you're looking to raise investment, we're a great audience for you, right? So that's how I was able to sell this, right? And for your audience, you've got to think about it. For your podcast guests, think about why are they going to do it, right? It can't be just to help you out because they don't know you. Why are they going to spend their time helping you out when they could spend that same hour instead donating or working at a charity shop or volunteering, right? So if you think about yourself as a charity case, it's not going to work because there are other ways they could use that time which maybe benefit people who are in greater need. And this also comes when people talk about mentorship, for example, right? If you're just starting, you're looking for a mentor to help you in the podcast journey. Again, it doesn't really make sense because at the beginning, you just need to get the work done. And once you got through the work, you build track record, then you can even look at potential mentorship. But again, it doesn't really make sense because most podcast hosts, either they've got a podcast platform to set, like they want to sell courses or the podcast like isn't like it's meta for them, right? Like my podcast, my main thing isn't teaching people about podcast. My main thing is building a community. So me spending time helping you do your podcast doesn't really align with what my main goals are, right? If you're going to pay me to do that, it's different because it's an income source. And that's what you've got to think about with mentorship is, is this person actively saying, trying to encourage other people to get into podcasting? And then potentially it makes sense. But you've got to work out how do you build a rapport before you do that? And the other thing I'd say as well is persistence is overrated in podcasting in terms of reaching out to guests. Because there's another podcast, which is great, called 20VC by Harry Stebbings. And in there, he talks about how he emailed Mark Benioff for hundreds of days. So Mark Benioff is the founder of Salesforce. And then eventually Mark Benioff came on. Now, love Harry, but in reality, it's Mark didn't come on because Harry emailed him hundreds of times. Mark came on when Mark wanted to come on. And if you're trying to reach people who are significant in their reach or in their reputation, you keep emailing them, they're just going to get annoyed with you because they've got so many other things going on. And they're going to come to you when it's the right time. So if you just have that patience, it can make a huge difference, right? Same thing with what I'm doing. Some of the people who said no to me in the early days are now asking someone on the podcast. There's some people who in the early days would have been a great guest, but then the podcast evolved and now they wouldn't be great guests anymore. They don't meet the criteria. And they miss an opportunity and that's fine. But that's one thing to do is if you have to force somebody to come on, they're not going to be happy about that, right? So work on building that. And so if we've talking about some stages, right? First of all, use your existing network. Then use your network's network. Once you've got a bank of content behind you and have some names which are big enough to maybe attract other people, then start going into cold outreach, right? Don't start a cold outreach from episode one. And it also varies because if your key goal with the podcast is essentially sales, then it can make sense to outreach straight away because your primary, pod, your primary ambition isn't to get podcast guests. Your primary ambition is to get 
potential leads. And that's where it can work out, right? But anybody to donate their time, if you think their time is valuable, you need to prove to them that that time is worth it. So I know that's something a bit tough love there, but I think it makes a huge difference to just hear that advice and to just go for it, right? Because starting a podcast is not hard. The hard bit is keeping at it when you don't see the results and being consistent, right? Because anybody can do five episodes. Not everybody can do 250 episodes. And there's people who've done hundreds more than me or thousands more than me. And even at my stage, that's a difficult thing for me to think about. How am I going to get to a thousand? Like, it's a lot of conversation. It's trying to remember everybody, trying to connect everybody and trying to make sure you don't lose your sense of self amongst that. So that's some podcast advice there. A lot of it was fairly harsh, but hopefully you understand it all comes from a good place because I want you guys, if you are going to start a podcast, to smash it, but also to do it in the right way. If we leave this on a good note, let's say again. So thank you so much for listening and being part of this journey. If you want to keep up to date with what I'm doing now, so let's talk about what I'm doing now, actually, is I'm now going, well, I'm running something called the Bay HQ. Bay stands for British Asian Entrepreneur. And that comes from a lot of what I was doing, as I said before, is interviewing people eight hours behind. And I just saw that there wasn't many people shining spotlight on my community. So on that side now, we're now backed by HSBC Innovation Banking, which is the former Silicon Valley Bank UK. And we can really scale that up now. So it's really exciting for me. And I'm focusing on that because it's something which I can do within my community and meet more people in real life. Whereas with EH, because it's so spread across the world, a lot of fun, but I didn't get that same feedback and that ability to meet people in person, trying to so much. So super excited about that. And I know as well that Dave is going to take EH to greater and greater heights. So that's going to be amazing. So make sure you keep following and subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you do check out ehandbook.com as well. And if you want to keep in touch with me, then make sure that you look up. The best way now I'm going to be focusing a lot is LinkedIn. So that's just Amadi Palmer on LinkedIn. Have a great day. Thank you so, so much. And do stay in touch. Take care.